Hi, I'm Isra Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Twice a week, Musa and I talk about the goings-on in men's and women's football around Europe and sometimes around the world. We like to zoom in, we like to zoom out, we like to make some silly references. So, if you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Think we got it? Yep, that's good. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Cut it short. We need all the time we can get. Cut the music right now. We're busy people. We have two guests today, which we don't normally have. I am three quarters. I normally crack the monster after Jesse starts talking. Today, I've been hitting this thing for about 15 minutes, so I'm pretty excited. I'm excited, too. Jesse's still alive, so that's good. Yay for me. Uh, It is a big show. I'm really excited because there's so many good questions I have for you today, and I think a lot of people have already started with them in the mailbag. Bowman Chrome Day. We got a Bowman Chrome, huge release coming out today, obviously, and a couple big announcements. Well, one is about Topps Chrome, not really Bowman Chrome, but coming out from the Topps team, which is good. Yes. And a big announcement regarding some grading in Bowman Chrome, so that's huge. Yep. Our two guests, though, I actually am... I think I'm excited. I've only heard a little bit of the content from, I believe his name is Aram. Uh-huh. Yep. From just baseball. Yeah. I, I He seems, from what I've heard, very in the know about baseball. So he's going to kind of help us break down the prospect list. We did a little bit of research, which means I literally just stole somebody's post off of Facebook um, with who is actually selling really well, what teams you're going to want to look out for and chase, maybe where there's some sleepers and some value there. Mm-hmm. This is the rundown, by the way. Uh, Eric, it's not. You can do it after How me. dare you? You know what? I should just stop just... right now because you're going to literally reiterate <laughs> everything I've said. I am questioning why. I thought we were just going right into the big story. Bowman Chrome. Uh, let's just do that. And then the Eric, SGC the Google news. Collectibles after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Uh, the big story that we're going to talk about uh, to open up is what Tops is doing. They're partnering with... SGC, and they're also partnering with about 350 local card shops. We're going to talk about both of those things because both are pretty beneficial to the hobby. Yep. Uh, we'll touch on some other uh, little stories here and there if we have time because we have, like it was mentioned, uh, two guests joining us. Uh, Aram, and I'm, I apologize. I hope I am not butchering that. Aram Layton, and then also uh, the collectibles guru uh, who goes by Eric Whiteback. They are both going to be joining us uh, to talk about 
uh, Bowman Chrome with ARAM, and then uh, basically just numbers and I guess hobby related. Yeah, I mean, uh, financial be, stuff. Yeah, Aram's going to be heavy on the prospect stuff. Like I said, we'll, we'll really. I, I really want to kind of dig into this product and get his overall thoughts on Bowman Chrome. And then, yeah, with Eric, I've got a couple things I want to mention. Kind of circling back to that whole backyard breaks loaded box thing, because we often see, you know, like he's got a massive social following, so I get to see posts from him. But I kind of, it seems like he's very involved in the hobby. I want to know his thoughts on like, hey, what, where the market's at right now? Do you think it's a crash? There's more bad news coming. Do you think there's safe buys, safe areas, safe plays, whatever? Uh, I'm curious to get his thoughts on the state of grading. Um, I'm also interested, honestly, just to be like, hey, well, how'd you get your social following so big? Because he actually yeah, has seriously. a big following that's interactive, like an engaged following, as opposed to some of these guys who have massive numbers and get you know 14 likes. I have a theory so, on it, but we will wait and confirm with him. Is it a conspiracy theory? Or just no, a theory? just a normal theory. Your regular standard theory. Okay. Um, Tops Chrome news or tops. Get us uh, your tops Chrome. Do that. Okay. Uh, so tops Chrome news. Uh, we found out basically at the time you're listening to this. So we're recording at noon central um, on the 23rd. This may have just released in the last 30 minutes to an hour. Yep. Essentially tops is doing something that I mentioned two to three weeks ago. So I feel like they obviously stole it from me, but they're employing uh, or employing, excuse me, the idea that many NFTs are doing, uh, which is some kind of uh, additional value to go along with your cards that usually don't have as much value. In this case, some of these cards have value, but we are going to talk about a buyback program. As of to uh, actually, as of the 26th, so that's Saturday, November 26th through March 31st, basically they want to celebrate and push small businesses like your local card shops, 345 of them as of this moment, and encourage you to go and take your Topps Chrome cards, specifically your Aaron Judges and your Paul Goldschmidt's. What do those two people have in common? They are both good. What? We just talked about this before the show. Oh, the phone cut out. I didn't hear what you said. What What did you say about them? What just happened with Aaron Judge? He had the the he set the record for the after American that. after that more recent. Oh, last week you're on a sports podcast on the largest sports broadcasting podcast network in the world, The Ringer. You've heard of yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. What massive news just happened with Aaron Judge? I mean, other than that, okay. and they lost. They didn't get after the loss. I was after the season. After their season was ended. After this, do I honestly don't not know this or he won something? Oh, MVP. And what did Paul Goldschmidt do? He also got in uh, MVP. He also won MVP. So That's you knew what it. I said. I said that okay. I, I did know the MVP for Aaron Judge. I didn't know the Paul Goldschmidt. Good, you're doing good. All right. The back to the actually important part that you guys care about and not Jesse's lack of sports knowledge. Uh, take your cards, sift through them and find all your base cards uh, base alternatives, refractors, numbered parallels, and consider the value of them, whether they're graded or not, versus what you could get in this buyback. Because in this period, again, November 26th through March 31st of 2023, you can Do go March? and get, yeah, I actually read, I told you a week, oh. it's actually multiple months. Okay. And this actually <laughs> brings up a bigger point of current product that's sitting on shelves. Tops Chrome. Tops Chrome product. So you can take your card for base cards. You can get $20 for them. Can I Can I just, because I've oh, interrupted yeah. so much and, and you've got to dance. I want to make sure we get this super clear. Please, yeah. If I have a, so 2022 Topps Chrome, 
I have a base Aaron Judge or a base. So again, these are worth ten cents. Base Nolan Arenado. What what can I get back for those? I don't know about the Nolan Arenado, but the Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge. You can get twenty dollars for the base for a base for all refractors. You can get up to uh, or the buyback offers forty dollars, which is a no brainer for cards numbered out of three ninety nine, out of three fifty, two ninety nine, two fifty, one ninety nine, and one fifty. The buyback offer is a hundred dollars, and all which is great. All ten times the value, by the way. Numbered out of ninety nine, seventy five. 50 and 25 the buyback offer is 200 so green through orange which i've got to think that's a great deal by the way okay keep reading because i'm actually going to look up some pricing now i'm curious what this is no that's essentially it so uh again as of this saturday you can go to your local card shop now in this case if you live around here we do know that nash cards uh here in memphis they have two locations they are going to be part of this buyback but again this is 300 in just about 350 shops across america chances are you may be pretty close to a local card shop that you can go and take advantage of this. This is awesome, by the way. I know. That's what I'm saying. How much is is it through 25, by the way? The 99 through 25 pays how much? Was it 200? 200. Mm -hmm. Dude, those are 50. I mean, Aaron Judge from last year, his, his raw refractor. Yeah, so if you have a PSA 10, it's maybe two, although I doubt it's that much. It's like three to four times the market value. That's That's a great deal. So obviously, Topps is doing something to really... I think this is like a real shot in the arm for to boost that product. Exactly. That product is sitting around on shelves. Well, I think it's also to help the overall card economy. How do you get the, you probably said this, I apologize. So, okay. So I'm, there's, I'm, I'm consumer a, mm-hmm. let's go from a breaking standpoint real quick. And then we'll, we'll actually end on this. Cause then a Ram's going to be here. I buy in a break and hit my card. Mm-hmm. Cause I think this came up the other night with a seller on CSL. We're going to have to institute an app wide thing where sellers just need to take the initiative to do this. So I pull a card. Mm-hmm. In a, in the on card shop live in a card shop. Yep. You know, let's go with Mach One. Those guys have a shop. Yep, they They're have involved. a physical location. Yep. What do I do with the card then? I sell it to the shop owner, and the shop owner sells it back to Tops. So my understanding is you bring them to the store in person, bring the cards to your nearest participating hobby store, exchange every MVP for store credit to upgrade your baseball card collection. Huge. So, dude, I'm gonna honestly. I have cases of 2022 Tops Chrome at the house. I've not been selling because I'm kind of like, eh, it's too cheap. I think this will be a nice price boost, and I would, I'm would i just going to work out a deal with Nash Cards with Chris. Like, dude, I'm going to bring this stuff into you. This is all store credit. I do want to clarify that. I think we said cash, but— Right, store credit, but, but they're going to send it, sell it back to Tops. Yeah. Perfect. It's a win-win. So, you could, and there's probably a little bit of a markup there. Like, there's, there's got to be something, so there's an incentive for the shop owner. But who cares? If I can get a 10-cent Aaron Judge card, mm-hmm. and I'm getting paid 20 bucks with just 10% of the cost of the whole box— I mean, I'm right you, now you can get a box on blowout of this product for one fifty. It's not so. I would think you're gonna hit at least one base card of each of those guys in those boxes. That's what I would think, dude. I mean, I'm telling you right now, and I'm not saying we're not on the tops payroll. I don't. I've criticized tops in the past for stupid things. I, I try to praise them when they're good. This is one where I literally see zero downside. It does nothing but put cash back in the in the hands of shop owners. Yep, and. Uh, the buyer and well, actually incentivize you to buy. I love this move. I'm very excited about and this. And not actually. to completely pivot because uh, we do have our guests coming up. But the other thing Tops is doing is that we just got uh, the announcement that Tops partnered with SGC for all Bowman Chrome, which releases today, that they are going to grade all Bowman car, uh, uh, cards, no matter how many you send in, Bowman Chrome, yep. $9. So a couple other just little outliers there that are, that are important. There is no maximum declared value. 
So you can send a $10 card, you get no markup. You can send a $100,000 card, whatever. That's huge. And there's no minimum order. There's been times in the past where these companies, SGC, PSA, whatever, will say, hey, there's a new rate, but you have to send at least 50 cards at a time. You can literally send one card. Ken is actually offering this on Card Shop Lab as well. He's doing it for 12 bucks. He covers the shipping. He makes a buck a card. I don't, I don't mind to market it up, by the way. I do like that. And you can get it back. And the return time right now is about five business days. It's, it's stupid fast. Well, and the point you made to me earlier was because. And this is what I want to talk to, especially Eric about maybe Aram. I don't know if Aram buys and sells. Yeah, but yeah. Go ahead. But the, basically the fact that what's so important right now is being first to market with these cards, right? That's the thing. So, so there is a line, right? Hey, this card is a little bit too expensive. I'm sending it to PSA no matter what. Mm-hmm. I get that. And that's a valid point, by the way. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you just send every, but there is also something to be said for, if I can get a card back in a week, as opposed to two, three, four weeks mm-hmm. and be the first to sell, what is that worth to me? Yeah. I don't care that I'm saving $10 a card on big cards, right? Now on the smaller stuff on the base, that $10 is probably the, probably your profit margin. So it's just being able to sub for nine bucks as opposed to 18 is a difference maker. Absolutely. But for the bigger cards, I do. At what point is it being first to market with some of these prospects? Is that the big deal? I'm I'm excited. I I will say, and it's rare that this happens. I think both of these moves, granted, they're both also, they're beneficial for the companies, right? Tops is expecting to sell more Tops Chrome because of this. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's oh, a yeah. huge move for the for the consumer. So I think overall, that's a good thing. And and the the good thing I like too is it's not just you know tops making the moves. Panini's going to do a huge Black Friday sale. Basically, these companies seem to see the same thing that we're all seeing. Is like yeah, we're seeing a little struggle in the market right now. So let's do what we can to probably incentivize and push maybe infuse a little more cash. So I I think it's awesome. Hey, Aram, thank you for joining from Just Baseball. We appreciate it. We understand that you are kind of the go-to prospect guru for them. Is that is that accurate? How how right am I, 100%? So, I mean, prospect you know, prospect analysis is really kind of how I got going in the, in the baseball media landscape. Ironically, I've collected vintage baseball cards, you know, 1933 Gaudi, that kind of stuff really got me into it with my father growing up. And as oh, you can see cool. with the, the art around me, I, I've always been more into the old timers, but uh, covering the minor leagues and getting really into prospect analysis. And, you know, we do our top 100 lists and I put thousands and thousands of hours into that every single year. I started to get back into the the prospecting side of things and uh, realized I could put some money where my mouth is on a lot of the write-ups and the analysis I'm doing. And I've had a little bit of fun with it. So uh, it's been fun seeing how the cards can interlink with all of the prospect coverage that that I'm doing every day. So I alluded to it. I have to mention, he's got the, now is that the lithograph behind you, a reprint? What What is the photo behind you? The 500 home run club, the lightning bolt with the heads. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, all, that was given to me by my father. Um, so it's, yeah, the autographs of the, I guess whatever the time it was of when it was made, obviously there's new, uh, new members of the 500 home run club, but you got a lot of the, the major 500 home run club guys there. My dad bought that oof, maybe 15 years ago. Um, and I've just obviously never, never let it go. And it's one of my favorite pieces. Sorry to rub it in. No, the reason <laughs> I brought it up. So I had a cool story. We found this at like a local card shop here in Nashville years ago. Oh really? Again, all it's, it's a head. People can't see it. Look it up. This is a podcast. Use your imagination. People. I can't do it for you. It's really pretty. It's colorful. So it's got mantle, Ted Williams, Willie Mays. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was 1991. You could look it up actually. Atlantic city, 500 home run club. They signed it live. Live. And when you went to the event, I wasn't there. I got it after the fact. You got an actual autograph ticket, like to take to each one. Like, hey, this one's for Mantle. You give them the ticket, you get the autograph, right? 
arms are like, why am I here for this? <laughs> um, we found a copy, not only of the photo, but the dude had the autograph tickets as well. Oh, so wow. we got wow. it. We got it framed with the autograph pieces, the tickets around the picture. What did you do with this? I sold it because it got really expensive and I was like, cool. Like, I, what's really expensive. Oh, back then, like it was probably four grand and it was like amazing. It's worth way more now. Is it oh, worth wow. way more? I, I have not even thought about it because again, it. If, Stuff that my, my, my dad left for me, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't do anything with that. Right. That yep. that's living on my wall and, and traveling with me everywhere I go. But I mean, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. Hey, hang on, hang on. Uh, as usual, Mike is a filthy liar. It's currently being sold for $3,000. Well, it all so. depends on the size and the lithograph and if it's autograph inscribed and the condition oh, of the autographs. That, it's a huge. That's what okay. I mean. This is an eight by 10. Oh, please. Does that look like an eight by 10? You think I'd be talking about eight by 10 like that? Look at the I size of that. I don't know how tall he is. It could be. He's it sitting could down. Be a we don't know that. All right, move along. Anyways. Anyways we want, uh, <laughs> great piece. That's the intro. There you go. Um, um, we want to tap into the, I mean, obviously huge release day. Uh, I do have a quick question too about your background. So are you into, I know you're prospect guy, into baseball in general. We listen to some of the content. We actually, I gave the biggest, con- the biggest compliment I can give to anybody else who does podcasting. You guys were not drips. Oh, I thought you, you guys, guys sounded were really actually good. entertaining, which is so hard to find when people talk about baseball cards of any kind. So I appreciate that. What is your background? Are you actively, so today's Bowman Chrome, are you going to be ripping, selling, breaking at all? Like what's your involvement t- like today? No, well, first and foremost, thank you for that. I appreciate that. We, you know, it, it was, it was a challenge when, when you're talking prospecting and, and now we talk about baseball as a whole and, and everything like that, but, you know, trying to, approach it a little differently and, and make it entertaining. And, uh, every single day we do the just baseball show. So, uh, that's the best compliment we can get. I appreciate that. But uh, on the card side, again, like the, the prospect analysis and, and the prospect podcast that I host the call up, I realized how many of the listeners were collectors or, you know, people just trying to get a little bit of an edge on, on the market and, and see, you know, which names that they should invest in. Even when I wasn't talking about cards, they were still taking whatever analysis I was doing, whatever interviews I was bringing players on and, and going into that. So as we started to you know build out partnerships with other companies, we work with eBay now is one of our biggest sponsors uh, across our, our network, which I give out some of my favorite prospect card investments every week. That kind of got me back into the, the modern card side of things. We're actually just about to unveil our, our breaking side of things. We partnered with our friends at Wildcard Trading and uh, they work with us and they do breaks all the time. We're going to rebrand to just breaks very soon. Um, and, and I'm really excited to do that. So to answer your question, right about in the next few weeks, I'm going to start doing a lot more ripping and a lot more YouTube content as it pertains to, you know, the new releases. Cause I want to open it and walk people through it and talk to talk about every single player as I pull out the cards. Cause I feel like, uh, it's one of the weird, you know, rain man things that my friends make fun of me for, but might as well use it to my advantage. Right. Rain Man was an excellent driver, Better by the way. Better than toothpick count. I don't know if you remember. Well, he could also good good at math. <laughs> um, I'm curious, though, with Bowman Chrome releasing today, which is weird, by the way. I think I told you this the other day, Jesse. I've never seen him release Hobby and HTA different days. Kind of weird, but whatever. Um, where are you at? Like, just kind of in a vacuum, 1 to 10, where do you rank kind of this Bowman Chrome product if you have a, had to throw a number on it? It's a great question because Bowman Chrome is always a really unique. I'm I'm a big Bowman draft guy, and yep, and, and I'll I get agree. into that a little bit more. But I would say compared to last year's, I'd give it. A, I'm I'm at a solid like six and a half, seven of excitement. On you were this. higher on last year's, correct? I, I actually like this year's Bowman Chrome a little bit more. Really? 
Okay, so I'll I be do. honest with you. Last year, and that is, I've told Jesse this before, 2021 Bowman Chrome is my single biggest position in wax. I have more cases of that than anything else wow. in my house. Because it was all, dude, I look and I'm like, Soto, Tatis, Acuna, Wander, all the True. big name kids are international uh, stars. I love Giraffe, by the way. Draft is still my favorite product, but I just saw last year, they all underperformed, but I was like, man, these are all international young hitters. So you're high on this year, or, or fairly high on this year, six, six and a half. Yeah, I think it's top heavy, but I, I the the top in this in this checklist is is really exciting. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, you look at Jackson Chorio, and I, th- those cards are going to be, you know, ridiculously high off the bat. But regardless, you know, this this is a guy that how often do we see somebody go from off of every top one hundred list to a consensus top twenty prospect? Some have him, you know, within the top five of their top one hundred lists before we really get to see their first autograph, right? So it's this rapid ascension that we see from him. Jackson Merrill, kind of a similar thing, wasn't even on Bowman draft uh, in terms of an autograph. Now he has an autograph. The Padres prospect is one of my favorites, and I think he's going to be a really popular name. And then of course you have the Yankees bonus baby and Roderick Arias, who's going to be, you know, hyped up because he's a Yankee bonus baby, but you have these high, high end guys in this checklist that you might have to wait a little bit, but I, I do really like the top end. Uh, what's going to be interesting is, is the rest because I do like a more balanced checklist and that's why I love the draft a little bit more. So here's one thing I've always done. Uh, so my, my background before the podcast and before I sold the company was in breaking and specifically Bowman, the three Bowman's were kind of my baby and it was, Hey, we were known at geo breaks for just doing, we would put in more work on those checklists than anything else combined. Cause it was, Hey, I want to know what are, and specifically we've really started going with auction stuff. So like some of the stuff today, and I've gotten lazy now cause I just podcast. I don't break much anymore. And it was, what are people going for in player auctions? So Jackson Churro, for example, in a, tw- now these are all based on 20 case player break player auctions. Wait, wait, wait. Before you do, I am curious, uh, Aram, would you put Jackson as your number one in this case, in this product? So price aside, right? Like everyone's priced the same in this hypothetical. Well, yeah. Who, who do you think is the, is it going to come out selling for the highest day one yes. for prospects? So I think personally, I think the most expensive is, is either going to be Chorio based on just the hype Chorio or Roderick Arias. I, 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 you can never underestimate the Yankees effect. I think Arias is, is so, so, so far away. And that's, what's interesting about Bowman Chrome, right? There's a kid that struck out. If I remember correctly, like 33% of the time in the Dominican summer league, which doesn't mean a ton, but like, that's not a guy I'm shelling out thousands of dollars for. Right. So the thing with Chorio is he reached double a as a, you know, just as he just turned 18 years old, which is, which is unheard of. Um, and, you know, has just so much going for him in terms of the tools and, you know, the numbers that people can look at. I think that's going to be the, the name that everyone's really chasing because of the success stateside already, the youth and the prospect ranking hype, of course, is always going to play into that. So let me throw some numbers at you then. So number one, in terms of actual price, sale price in this auction was J-Rod. People are going crazy because it'll be his rookie autograph. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, and again, for these pricing, you get base color autos. J-Rod, I throw out though, because quite frankly, I think you're always going to overpay chasing rookies. You don't get many. I mean, hobby cases, I bet you get two rookie autographs on average. Wow, so, really? Yeah, it's just a tough, it's a prospect driven thing. You get prospects eight, 10 to one compared to rookies. What is it? Uh, do you know what it is per box? I'm just curious. There's no odds on rookies and prospects. You get two autographs, a box, two autos, per three on HTA. Okay. But that's what I mean. In a case, you might get two to three rookie autos. Okay. So I think people always vastly overpay, but whatever. So Jackson Jurio, 32.75 was his price. Highest prospect in the product. Number two, I've never heard of this guy. 
Chris, and I can't say his name. I'm going to butcher this worse than I butchered your name. Vaccaro. Vaccaro. Vaccaro for the national. Yeah. Dude, he sold for twenty seven fifty. So like twenty percent less. How than many Jackson. cases is this? Is just a, or this what? is all based on the same price. So it's twenty cases. Okay. A very clear trend that I've noticed in this is is you look at you know, and again, you have to understand like what what information is available to the average collector, and and it's you know not much, and that's a big reason why I wanted to launch this baseball in the prospect analysis that we do is because whether it's from a card collecting standpoint or just understanding the future of your favorite team or rival teams. Like I just felt like most of it's behind a paywall besides MLB pipeline. MLB pipeline always has the bonus guys really high. And Christian Vaccaro, the nationals prospect sent for $4.9 million, right? Out of international free agency. And when, whenever somebody sees that, whenever, whenever collectors see that they're, Oh, well, if a team is going to allocate that much money, you know, their entire bonus pool to a player. Well, why don't I take a chance as well and 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 buy into that risk also? But if, you know, as we continue to see, international free agency is a massive, massive, massive crapshoot. And uh Vicaro is another guy that, you know, hasn't played beyond the, the rookie ball levels. So I think that is a little crazy given that there's some guys that have proven to do some pretty good things in high A and double A um, in this checklist as well that I think could be really good players. Okay. So Roderick is third or well, third for prospects. He went for 1600. He's a pitcher though, correct? Roderick's shortstop. Oh, shortstop. I'm sorry. I thought you said, yeah, I thought he was a strike. So he, I mean, he, you're talking literally half the price of Jackson on him. That seems like a deal then from what you're saying. You think performance wise, He's a lot closer to, to Jackson than 50%. Jackson Merrill, absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean, look at the number. This kid, 19 years old still. Uh, what he did in 45 games in low A, he ended up having a wrist injury, so it cut his season a little short. But big growth for its senior year. Uh, Padres do a great job drafting. They scoop him up. They underslot him so that they could allocate more money to James Wood. They look like they crushed that draft with those two picks. And we know what James Wood's doing in the hobby right now. Um, and and Merrill is just athletic. He's now getting stronger. I, I actually just had him on the podcast and like forgot he was 19 years old, just talking to him, you know, with with his mental approach to the game. That's a guy that I I will be fully transparent. I always am. I will be that will be my number one chase in, in this product okay. is, oh, is really? Jackson Merrill. And like, I think you mentioned this, but he had his Chrome, everything but autos in, in draft last year, correct? Wasn't he? Okay. Just, they saved the auto for this, which I'm not mad about. Okay. The next guy. So I'll be honest then the next guy told, oh, good. So sorry to cut you off. Something bizarre. I I wanted to ask you guys about this, how this is even possible. Jackson Merrill's first Chrome. Yep. If you pull it up, he's, he's batting righty in the picture and he's a lefty and he was never a switch hitter ever. I, I wouldn't put any mistake past tops at this point, I guess, but like, I, I, how does that happen? I've never seen that before. You guys are a little bit more plugged in. Is is that something you've seen before? A guy batting from the wrong side of the plate? Never. No, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, there's other examples. I cannot think of one though. Nothing. Uh, does it show any wording or anything like that? That would, uh, you could tell if it was flipped, if the image was mirrored. Well, no, he's saying just his base rookie. The whole, every first crumb he's, he's a righty. That's weird. Huh. No, never seen it. Just a, just a general mistake, I guess. That's weird. Yeah, I have no idea. I Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was bizarre. You'll see he's a lefty in this one. Huh. That is really weird. So, so okay, so you got, again, just to kind of recap for our audience. So, Jackson, Churro, Brewers, number one prospect. That team's going to be crazy expensive. I honestly think the Nationals are going to outsell the Brewers, though. Nationals have Christian Vaccaro, or Christian, whatever, however he pronounces his name, who's almost equal. This is the next guy I thought would be way more. This is Brady House's first auto. Brady House. Yeah. I, he, 
he's selling for thirteen seventy five. So a, a, about what forty percent of Jackson and half of Christian Vaccaro. I thought Brady House was going to have a huge market coming out. I'm a little surprised. Has he underperformed? I haven't followed him at all. He's underperformed a little bit because when he was drafted, he was viewed as you know this big time power guy. How much is he going to hit? And he honestly hit all right in in his first low A season, but but the power wasn't there. Three home runs. Um, the exit velos were were not as impressive as as some may thought. But again, he's a teenager and he did hold his own in low A. Like we're we're seeing people gamble on on prospects with thousands of dollars that, you know, are putting up below average numbers in the Dominican summer league. And then a guy like Brady house who puts up league average numbers in low a as a teenager is, you know, you're not touching. I, I think that's very interesting. Um, I, I think he's, he's a solid prospect and it was pretty surprising to me actually to hear that. I, I would expect him to be more on par with Jackson Merrill. I like Merrill way more, but house is a huge upside guy that could really blossom. And what is a very barren national system? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, they're almost the same. So Jackson Merrill was 1425, House is 1375, so you're close. Arias was 1625 for the Yanks. Um, so those seem like those will be your big teams, and the Mariners are going to sell because of J-Rod, the Brewers, Jackson. The Nationals have two top 10 guys in this product. They're going to be big. Padres with Merrill. Padres also have Samuel Zavala and Jordani de los Santos. That's, not, that's a lie. Just kidding. He's a pirate. Samuel Zavala, though. Any, any insight on him? Not a ton, not a ton, to be honest. I, I think he, he's an all right flyer. It's like your classic Bowman Chrome flyer. Okay. Um, but you know, Merrill, Merrill's the guy I'm, I'm hunting. Here's what's crazy. He sold for nine fifty five. So Merrill sold for 40% above, but that's not a bad, I've got to think based on that though, that guy can pay for your team in a PYT or whatever. So he's on there as well. Pirates have two guys in the top 20. I've never heard of either. Like I said, the De La Santos guy and then O'Neill Cruz. So that'll be his rookie stuff. Um, you are right, though. I'm looking at this, though, just based on the pricing. It seems like this is going to be a massively high end. And then there's there's a pretty big drop off after that. So anybody, let me ask you this. Anybody you're looking at where you say, hey, this guy is super under the radar sleeper type guy. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm going to ask you guys first because I'll run a name by that I like. And then I'm curious. I wrote these up on justbaseball.com, but I'll give you some outside of the article as well. Um, and by the way, I, I've noticed how many people are like just searching to, to find out more about these guys. So it's fun for me to come on here and talk about it. And I was shocked at the traffic that we actually got for the Bowman article. I did it for fun just to see how it goes to kind of test content out. And uh, clearly you guys are filling a huge void. So I can see why you guys have you know been so successful with the podcast and can see that there's just so much more desire for it. But um, Sedan Rafaela, uh, th- this guy is special. Um, look, he could end up being the not as much of the the flashy type of player that people want to collect because he, a lot of his value comes from his glove, but he was our number 81 prospect on our top 100 list that we just put out, you know, a little less than two months ago. And he's an elite defender in center. I mean, highlight real grabs. He's got power. He's fast. He's a big part of the Red Sox future. I can tell you that uh, internally they they've compared him to Mookie because of the way that he can like move around the diamond. Obviously he's never going to be Mookie bats, but uh, this is a really electric player that is going to have a, a direct path to, you know, playing time and is in the plans of a major market. Uh, I, I, feel like Rafaela is very, very under, uh, undervalued, at least, at least what it seems like. I'm curious what the prices are on him. Yeah. So, I mean, he's way down the list. So almost no market. Uh, you bring up a good point though. Like the Red Sox have four prospects with Chrome autos, which is a lot in this product. I think there's only a, a couple teams with more than that. When the, you say way down that, what list are you looking at? 
because you didn't send this to me before, and we were looking at a totally different list. So you're looking at the one on Blowout, which is the 50-player list, I think? The 50-case list? Mm-hmm. So Same players, so it'll have the same names on it. It's just obviously a lot more expensive because that's 50 cases as opposed sure. to 20. But I'm just looking at his pricing on here. It doesn't seem that low. How much I is mean, he? He's showing 3600 which, I mean, in comparison, the I think all the other guys so we've been Jackson talking about 14, for the most 000. part. Yeah, but I mean, like, for the most part, everybody else under that was 4000 Like, so all top the top 10. ones. So he's a top 10 guy on this, Yeah, I mean, that's wise. A, it looks like people are paying for him. They, they seem to see something value. So, so I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't know the other three guys at all. Daniel McElvey. We're not good with names here. Either. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So just if you're expecting Speak names, yourself, you're at the bro. wrong place. Nathan Hickey and Edenson Polino. So the Sox have four first Chrome autos. One of them being, I mean, just outside the top ten guy. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be curious on his pricing. If he's a defensive guy, I always worry. Defense yeah. and pitchers, it's kind of you know pitchers, same thing. Steven Strasburg ruined that for everybody years ago. Everybody got super yeah. high. But is is he the culprit for the for the pitcher hate? He is. That Steven, we see. His, he was one of the first guys ever to come out as a pitcher. And back then, prospecting wasn't as big of a thing. He was a massive, massive prospect, and he was a pitcher. Prices went through the roof and just fell totally flat early in his career. Um, I blame I him for everything. I why people were like that with pitchers. Yep. Right. Same thing happened last year, by the way, like two years ago, Casey Mize. He throws, what, either a shutout or a perfect game in double A? Triple A, whatever. Yeah, he threw he, no hitter, no hitter in, in double A. Okay. First no start, hitter. I think. Dude's prices went through the roof. And then he came out and got Sheldon and got Tommy John. It was like, cool, we invested in a pitcher again, and now we're getting smoked on it. So anybody else who kind of like stands out to you that's not maybe a top 10, top 20 type guy, but you see some value or some hype. Yeah, Mason Auer. Um, he's an outfield prospect at the Rays, junior college out of San Jacinto, which is a pipeline of, of big league talent through the years. Fifth round pick, 21 years old. I just saw him out in the Arizona Fall League. He put up crazy numbers. He reminds me of Tyler O'Neill a little bit. He's jacked. Really fast. Uh, I, I really think the swing and miss concerns, he's, he's cut those down a little bit. He hit 290, 372, 487 last year with 15 homers and 48 stolen bases in 115 low A and high A games. And then was really solid in the Arizona Fall League as well. This guy's got five tool potential. And I, I think he could be a top 100 prospect by the middle of the season. He's a raised guy. People probably got to overlook him a little bit, but you know that he, he's going to develop pretty well. He's, he's an underrated guy that I think could be a very, very, very exciting prospect. Nice. Um, before we do these questions, I just got to tell you, we will probably have you back on yeah, if you're can willing. Because you you're very, guys. not only knowledge, but it's just the fact that you have uh, a I don't want to. How do He's I say? He's not it? a drip. I told you. Yeah, he doesn't I mean, suck at this. I just don't want to be rude to. That's not other... being. That's a compliment. He's not. Most podcasters are terrible. He's actually good. You, you do a fine job. But here's the deal: we lost say. our internet in the studio Thank on you. Monday, so that's why we had to bump the other guest back. It ruined everything. That's why we had to double up today. But um, with all that being said, I, a few questions for you. If you have just another minute, uh, ah, Brett, get as many as you need. Brett Hallamore wanted to ask you, uh, Aram, higher ceiling, Jose Salas versus. Estuary Ruiz. Oh, that is a tough one. Um, I would say Estuary Ruiz. Um, and it's tough because I, I got, I just saw Salas out in the fall league as well, ironically. And you know, I was a little disappointed. I'll be honest, uh, not as explosive or athletic as I thought, you know, definitely a little bit further off. Ruiz has, you know, 
I would say pace MLB and stolen bases kind of potential. The bat is really ticked up and he's in a very hitter friendly environment. We just saw the Brewers trade away Hunter Renfro opening up another outfield spot. Uh, I would say Ruiz has the higher ceiling and uh, he came out of nowhere, but I, I do believe that he could be a very dynamic player. Nice. Uh, Joe Dorinzo wants to know, is there one prospect in 2022 Chrome that you'd consider a stronger long-term hold and one you're looking to flip while the new release hype is still fresh. <laughs> so I'll be honest, Jackson Chorio, I think he could be a very good baseball player. But if I pull a Jackson Chorio auto, I will flip that immediately. Smart. Not only because of the hype, but you talk about defensive guys. Jackson, a big reason why Jackson Chorio was such a good prospect from a major league baseball perspective, that's where we have to separate the cards and, and, and what makes a good prospect. Chorio is an elite defensive center fielder now as a teenager. Like, that's what's amazing. He just won the Gold Glove Award for the minor leagues. He is unbelievable out there. Uh, he, he might be a 275, 20 home run hitter. And, you know, he could be a, a four to five war player like that. And that's a guy that you give $100 million, right? I mean, look at what Brandon Nimmo is about to get. But no one's lining up for those kinds of cards. I feel like Jackson Chorio is priced like, you know, the the potential offensive superstar. And I don't know if that's necessarily what his game, you know, translates to. It could, but not at that price range. You can invest in way better players. That's why, you know, I I, I always say sell high and, and there's always more more area to, to make up some ground. Jackson Merrill, as I've said, that's my number one hold. I, I'm going to be buying that guy and holding. Uh, I the, the hit tool is there. The power is there. The athleticism is there. The defensive short is going to stick there at a, at a premium position. And there's a reason why he's one of the only guys left that AJ Preller has not shipped out uh, from, from San Diego. They love him. And I think he's a part of their, their long-term plans. If he's not, he's going to be traded to a team that's very excited to get him. I can tell you that. Um, I am curious, what do you think about C.J. Abrams? I know he had the bad injury last year. He was obviously crazy high in the 2019 draft class. Where are you at with him coming back? I I still believe in C.J. That's a hill I'll die on. I'm okay with dying on that hill. He is too special physically. And I think people really sleep on the power. He has power. He's just trying to figure out, I think, you know, what kind of guy he wants to be, right? If you're trying to hit a ton of fly balls and tap into this power, you're not going to get those cheap chopper infield hits that boost your batting average so much. And I talked to a lot of speed power guys that, that try to balance that. He, he, he at least has 20 home run potential. I really believe that um, if he really wanted to sell out for it, I think he can find that balance and get there. He's going to get every opportunity in Washington. Um, I'm, I'm still a believer in CJ Abrams, but uh, he's got to, he's got to be more patient at the plate. I think he walked like 2% of the time this year. He, he's still got to feel it out a little bit, but I think it's worth noting this guy, go, go look at his baseball reference page. He'll be floored at how few professional games this kid has played. Very few players make it to the major leagues with less than 200 minor league games. He was well below that. Uh, give the kid some time. Okay. Um, one last question from the mailbag for you. Andrew Donnelly just wants to know for Aram is Kyle Man- Manzardo a buy right now? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I know first basemen are, you know, not the sexiest in the world. And, um, I, I, I do think that people tend to, to, 
stay away from some of the quote unquote older guys as well, even though he's not that old. I think he just turned 23, but that's why Jeremy Pena going into last year was my number one favorite buy. And obviously that one went really well. And it was just like, look at what he's doing in the upper levels. Don't overthink it. Uh, He's heading in that, you know, he's heading in that direction. Manzardo is one of the safest offensive profiles I've, I've seen in a while in terms of zone contact, right? Percentage of time he's making contact on pitches in the strike zone combined with his exit velos. He is a really, really good hitter, and I think he's going to climb really quickly. Kind of cut from that same Curtis Mead cloth as well. Um, the Rays, they're just really good at finding those guys. Uh, yeah, we would love to have you back, man. I, I, the pace, Anytime, guys. Dude, the knowledge. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'd like to have you back next week, actually, because a week after, <laughs> I'd like to throw you some prices and be like, hey, read and react on these prices. Because a week after the product, every year with Bowman, Bowman, Crow, and Bowman Draft, we see guys come out crazy high. And then a week later, some guys have crashed. Other guys have come absolutely out of nowhere. So uh, this was awesome, man. You throw a ton of knowledge. I appreciate it, guys. And I would love to bounce some stuff off of you guys as we start to extend into the cards and breaking side of things from just baseball. So we'd love to come back on, hear about the prices and and react to them because I'm sure they will frustrate me in some ways (laughs) because it it is crazy seeing some of the price trends. But thanks so much for having me on, guys, and and looking forward to coming back. Awesome. Thank you, Aram. We'll catch you later. So there you go. That was Aram Layton from Just Collects. Kid was good. Brought brought the energy. Yeah, very We've good. We've never done this before. Here's your transition. We'll go back-to-back guests. We have Eric, the Guru Collectible, joining us next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms. All rights reserved. All right, so Eric has joined us. First things first, dude, I didn't realize you, we were dealing with you when we worked with Golden Auctions. Yeah, that was me. I, I just uh, put this I together. I a different internet name, real name. What's that? Yeah, real hoodie, no hoodie this time. You look totally different. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have all sorts of different looks. I'll do the mustache or the shaved head. Today we got the uh, got the U.S. jersey on. You know, I'm a big soccer guy, so. Hey, one point. 
That's not bad. Better than no points. We tried to watch yeah, him I mean, in the look, game. <laughs> no points in the first round can be a huge problem. I thought we should have gotten out of there with three, but one, you're totally alive with one. I, I'm a big soccer fan, so we can talk about it all day long. At, well, after that, I, I know nothing else, but, you know, all day long, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Something you wish that's, that's what I'm on here for. Right? We're just going to talk soccer. Soccer? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, thanks for joining. We're good here. What's your background, by the way? Yeah, thanks, man. I, I pull this out uh, for all these sorts of Zoom calls. It's definitely like a uh, it's a fan favorite for sure. Mike was obsessed with the last guest background. Your background. Are those all graded video games? Pretty video game heavy here. I've got uh, I also have on either side of me. So on this side, I've got like a bunch of 76ers gold prisms. This side, I got a bunch of Eagles gold prisms. So I'm like, I'm a gold prism guy. Um, and, you know, I, I try when I PC things, I try to buy things I'm like, well, you know what? I think this could feasibly go up in value too. Cause like sure. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're not taking the stuff with you. Right. So you hope when you do eventually sell it, that you're going to get more than you paid for it. So even with PC stuff, I try to buy things where I'm like, feasibly, these could go up in value. So Eagles, Sixers, I pretty much exclusively buy gold prisms there. That's awesome, man. So I am well, curious. For joining. Yeah, we appreciate you. I am curious. I mean, obviously, I've been following you on Twitter now. I, this is the same as our last guest. I find you to be at least interesting. I disagree with some of your stuff. I like some of the stuff, but I do. I'm glad there's at least if a reaction. Anything, if everything I posted was just stuff that everyone agreed with, like then we, I wouldn't even be on here right now, right? Like we wouldn't <laughs> be correct. having this conversation. That is absolutely correct. So uh, a couple of things I wanted to jump into. One thing you do quite a bit on Twitter. Again, the Guru Collectibles. Make sure you follow them. It's like 350,000 of you people following him on Instagram already. So you can slow down with that. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed, you do like the, hey, this player just sold for an all-time high, you know, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, whatever. Yep. And then it's like, but Peyton Manning's highest card was this. I'm all, like, that is actually some pretty wild sales pricing on there. Like you look at some all-time greats who sell for nothing. Like what have you seen in doing some of that stuff? Well, look, I mean, I think there's definitely an audience that reacts like really well to that. And it's the people that are generally invested in the guys like Peyton Manning and Dan Marino and Joe Montana and players like that. But then there's definitely an audience too of people that get really frustrated with it. And I often find that like, I'll go on their profile and it's like, they're posting all these, you know, different optic parallels and prism parallels of these modern guys that they're trying to sell on their page. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, this makes sense why someone might try to sort of attack this narrative. Right. And I'm also too, like, I think some people jump right into that. And they're like, ah, oh, this guy like hates modern. Like he thinks vintage is the way it's like, if you look at my collection, I think I'm probably like 80 plus percent 2014 to present. Um, I just think that right now in the current, the sort of current place that we're in, in the industry and with modern cards, there's a lot of pitfalls and a lot of traps and a lot of places where if you're not careful, you could put a lot of money into the wrong place. And so I just sort of try to call out like, Hey, look, like, okay, sure. You spent you know, whatever, $60,000 on a Zach Wilson, but you know, you could have had the most expensive Peyton Manning card of all time for 78,000 too. Right. And people will call things out that are obviously true and important, right? Like, Hey, look, the Peyton Manning is like the a contenders auto with a higher pop and the Zach Wilson's a one of one shield RPA, like sure. valid. I, I get it. Right. Like I know these aren't perfect one-to-one comparisons. They aren't meant to be. They're just sort of meant to like start this conversation, make you think, make you like have some perspective on what's actually going on. And I think for the most part, it's a really overwhelmingly positive response. I mean, I, and you just see that in terms of the engagement and likes and the retweets. And there, there's certainly some people that have differing opinions and thoughts. Um, but yeah, I think overall, it's just is meant to bring conversation to, um, you know, a really interesting topic and make people really think and try to expand, you know, what they're, what they're buying, what they're thinking about and how they think about pricing. What I really care about uh, with your social media is that you seem to be a collector of all things and that you have basically a little bit of genre for every 
collector out there. So there's Pokemon, you got video games, you got Legos, and specifically the card stuff too. Is that like just an overall, you've always been a collector of all of these things or it's this uh, just new? I've, oh, I definitely have like collecting in my blood, right? Like my grandpa collects 56 convertibles, right? And so like, I, I think there's something there in like my family, which has always been like passed down. My dad um, actually worked for Hershey Foods for a long time. He like collected all the die cast cars that he designed because when they would sponsor the NASCAR car for Hershey or Reese's or whatever. And so it's like, you know, my dad collected all the sports memorabilia and things over the years and die cast cars. And it's like, that just so naturally got passed down to me. And yeah, when I was a kid, like it started at the all-star fan fest, um, and it's like, what do you do when you're like a four or five year old kid walk around all-star fan fest, like everyone's just giving you free packs of cards. Right. And so like, that's how that started for me. And it was that, and it was like, some people remember like the homies out of little vending machines. Dude, and I have was, some of those. Yeah. Those things are epic. <laughs> like I do, I'm trying to go back and like buy the, the original there's like a couple original ones sealed in blister from like series one. And I'm like, I kind of want one of those like 400 bucks. I'm just like, ah, what? like that, that money goes, that money goes like a long way right now in this market. But yeah, it's, it's always been a number of different things. Like I was really into sports cards as a kid. I sold my sports card collection to fund my obsession with Supreme and sneakers. And now it's like, now that I'm a little bit older and have a little bit more disposable income, it's like, wow, I get to like sort of buy all these things that I've always really wanted. Right. So it's video games and there's action figures and PC games and sports cards and Pokemon cards. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I just find it all to be really, really fun and interesting. How did you get into the math side of this thing? Because, I mean, obviously your name came up with the Backyard Breaks uh, uh, claims that there were um, possibly getting loaded boxes. Was and that the most exposure you've had, by the way, on like a certain subject in sports cards? Like that particular uh, topic? In sports cards, probably that topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, just that's, you know, if you, if you narrow it down to sports cards, I'd say, yes, there's definitely okay. other things that have uh, reached a lot, lot more people than that. Oh, but like, you know, it's sort of like content is huge. It looks like oh, we insta stopped yeah. you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. we, we it's sort of like you. industry viral for sure for that moment. Um, but yeah, like how did I get into the math of it? Look, I mean, I'm a, I'm a math minor. Um, so I graduated college with a math minor. I was a math major for some while and then realized like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. This is too much. But uh, for the most part, I really do enjoy mathematics. And I always sort of joke that I got my understanding of probably ability by doing, you know, the math on the back of the pack odds when I was younger as a kid. So, um, you know, for me, it's like, I, I, uh, I saw that there was, I just looked at this and I'm like, okay, this is coincidental enough that I think it's worth looking at and trying to see if there's something more here. And then from there, I'm just like, look, I know how to do the math. So I'm going to get all the numbers. I'm going to get all the data and see what sort of answer this provides. And it was pretty compelling. And so from there, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I, I did this, you know, sort of just out of curiosity for myself, but let me, I think this is like really, you know, really interesting enough that it should be talked about and brought to light. So let me put it all together. Let me put it in, you know, something that's digestible and understandable and, and just put it out there and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I just want to. Uh, so just to follow up on that, because I, I don't do the math. I don't care. I took algebra one for like an hour and I was done with that. Um, yeah. So obviously there were some people who made articles in response to that, hey, these variables are kind of different and it changes the odds. Is that tr- like can both be true? Like the fact that, hey, your math maybe puts it at this higher of a percentage, but somebody says, well, if you change this, which is feasible, it can be different. I'm just curious, is there a, because yeah, again. No, it's, a, it's a really good question, right? I, I would say that, you know, math is always the same. Math is not an opinion. And I think one of the things that was really frustrating me to me about some of this was like people just reply like, ah, oh, well, they rip a ton. It's like, well, look, I, sure. I took that into account. Like that's in the math, right? Now, where there's definitely places where, you know, this, and this isn't, this will change the, the, it depends what sort of your inputs are. Your out, if you have the same inputs, your outputs are always the same, but if you have different inputs, then it gets interesting. Right. And so I think one of the places that's valid to talk about the input is like, I don't know the exact amount of wax 
that backyard breaks, sure. right? Like I don't know that exact amount. And if someone were to provide that amount, well, then you could really toggle the inputs perfectly, right? And one of the other one of the other things that I didn't know in here was how much hobby prism basketball was produced. That's not something that you can calculate because there's a lot of different parallels. And some of those parallels apparent appear in retail versus appear in, you know, choice and all these other things, right? So like you can't calculate that specifically. Um, so I even like left that entirely out. But then one of the funny things is people would be like, oh, well, like he didn't count hobby prism. I'm like, yeah, well, if I did, you know, like the math, what the math would have been like, I looked a lot, lot, lot worse for Panini and backyard there. Yeah. So, sure. um, I, I'm you know, curious I, at the end of the day, do you believe that it is or no, like just your, your feeling after talking about it, like I know besides yep. the numbers, but yeah. So I, I will caveat this by saying this is an opinion at the end of the day right sure. now, given that there are some inputs that are unknown. But I I find based on the mathematics and based on everything that is known, it is it would be very highly unlikely that there wasn't some level of sketchy business happening here on, on some level. Now, I've always tried to call out too, like this doesn't mean that there's like some company-wide scheme at Panini to like plant boxes places, right? Like it could be like McDonald's Monopoly. There's like one guy on the production line who's like marking things or whatever, right? Or, you know, even if Backyard was involved in getting loaded cases, like they might not even know that that's happening, right? They might just be getting shipped them from Panini. It's like, so I, I don't want to like call out and be like, oh my gosh, like these guys are super in the wrong. These guys are super in the wrong. Everyone in the wrong. Like, I just want to say like, here's the math, like something sketchy is probably up. I believe something sketchy is up there. Um, but I also at the same time want to say like, it doesn't necessarily mean that like everything's, you know, this huge scandal. I think that's actually a pretty reasonable take. I was hoping you say something off the wall so I could scream. But <laughs> hey, well, I have plenty of off the wall opinions. I just don't know that that's one of them. And I, I try to be like, I mean, look, the, the thing is too, like, very honestly, sports cards is an incredibly litigious industry, right? So I try to be really careful about how I say these things. And if I'm just oh, like, this is definitively <laughs> like, there's a huge scandal here. I know this for a fact. Like, sure. and it's like, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to get like illegal notice in the mail. Um, so, you know, have you gotten I've, that I've, yet? I haven't gotten one yet. I, I certainly hope to get a I've few. Only, um, I've only gotten a couple <laughs> and it's always been because for failure to identify, I was recording somebody when I was trying to get them to say something. God. That's why uh, I always start uh, now with, hey, you're on a podcast or something else. Um, Once we, you get, we didn't start with that, so I might have to no, serve no, no. you. No. Hang, hang on, I can quote this. Implied <laughs> consent when you were invited on a public platform. I'm covered. Plus, wow. what state are you in? I'm in New Hampshire. Oh, we're covered, bro. One, <laughs> one party state, New Hampshire? My family, we're good. What um, part of New yeah. Hampshire? Uh, I'm in Southeast New Hampshire. Southeast. I don't know where that is. I, I grew up on Plasta. It was my first home that I ever lived in. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really from here either. I just, I recently moved up here to be close to my fiance. So uh, Ooh, I don't, I don't, don't ask me about fiance. the area. New Hampshire is great. I guarantee it's better than wherever you lived before. New Hampshire is awesome. I was in Philly, um, which is like a better. love-hate oh, relationship. Yeah. I was, I was no. happy to get out of the city. My, my parting gift there was someone broke into my car. So there you go. Win-win. Welcome to Philly. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw this idea about the backyard break thing out there, um, especially after we heard about like the uh, uh, Crown Royal. Uh, the basically, if you got serial numbers within a certain amount, right, the kaboom, those right? those had the kabooms in them. Yeah. So here's my theory, and and the other point uh, to go along with it was something we mentioned when we originally talked about it was that Panini doesn't distribute; they go to third parties, and they would have probably gotten this product from. Southern hobby or, or GTC or something like that. So GTS. Yeah. or GTS, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah and so uh, it would be interesting because then you would think they'd have to be involved, but well, right. And, and I was before, sorry to cut in there, but like, it could also just be that the, you know, the, the manufacturer, like the Packers of these things are the one, there's one person there that's yeah, doing something off. wrong, right? Like, sure. it, yes. Yeah. But so my thinking is, okay, so they are, if, 
if they if the crown royal rule applies to all products, it doesn't mean you're going to be able to tell in all products. But if it applies in the sense of between these serial numbers, this is where the cards are. It may be that just printing and manufacturing of that car of that product in the line of things going out the door, there's a certain line where it's like really hot product because that's kind of where they started placing the the hotter cards. And so they may have been in line because of the sheer amount that they pull their, their odds of pulling something better would be higher because it's in a line, uh, a sequential line, so to speak. Right. Well, so that let's, let's just say for a second that that's exactly how it works, right? Like there's these sort of really hot spells where they know they're loading boxes and that, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the first shipment or the second shipment or the third shipment of a product that they know like, Hey, this is going to be really hot product, right? Well, that immediately goes against the idea that this is random. Like that is that is that is the opposite of random. That is not random whatsoever. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think when companies talk about these cards are randomly inserted into packs, and then they they might get caught, you know, like trying to balance the value of boxes and cases. Well, that's not random. You can't call that random. That's not random whatsoever. And you know, I really try to take like I could take the word random very literally, right? Like in, in mathematics, you know, a human is not potential of a human can't possibly come up with random numbers on their own. Right. Like mm-hmm. you'd think that you can, but like if you're just like seven, six, five, uh, three, one, eight, those, nine, like those are all like you, you, single you they, digit won't, numbers. they won't be random. Right. Like even in there, you, yeah. Even if, but even if you're doing single digits, right. It's like, well, uh, you know, I, you notice I didn't repeat any number. Right. And it's like, okay, well, there's a nine out of 10 chance that I wouldn't repeat on a single number, but in a 10 string sequence, that's kind of unlikely. Right. So it's like, um, you know, a human is incapable of being random. Like, I think there needs to be some more randomization here. I, I think also that, you know, like the way that it's being done, the way that you just described is probably actually how some of it's being done. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's like, you know, some evil idea here to try to do things and like pull, pull the strings a certain way. I think it might just be sloppy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do want to see, I do want to see real randomness. And like right now, like you open a box of prism, you get one low numbered card. You're sort of like, well, I'm probably not going to get another one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I feel like that happens too. And it's like case hits. I've seen a lot of Prism World Cup uh, uh, opened, right? It's a product that I really like, and a lot of these, a lot of these cases are rendering two, three case hits. I've never seen two in the same box, not once, right? So, like, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, well, I don't even think I know that's not random. It's not random. So if they're going to say it's not random, they're going to say, you know, we're guaranteeing this in a certain way, then that's okay. But then to be like these cards are randomly inserted in packs literally goes against the definition of what they're saying. Definition of random is on in the, the legal block, so to speak. We need somebody to define it. I don't think we do. I don't. I've I'm lost joking. interest in this part. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about like lottery <laughs> oversight though, right? Like lot- lottery definitely has like way more oversight than this. And a lot of way wax, wax is the same as sort of, you know, getting like a scratch off, for example, right? And like, you think that in the facility that's making you scratch off tickets, these people that work on that floor, like know exactly where the winning ones are. And you don't think that they're like actually randomized in some meaningful way. You think there's a hot string of like 60 tickets in a row, like, you know, I, I think there's so much more oversight there. And I think that's part of the reason too. Like one of the things that was really interesting to me when I posted that thread was all of a sudden Blaz and Leighton like started attacking me. I was like, guys, like I didn't say anything about you guys. And I frankly, like funny, by the way, especially Blaz. Like, yeah, dude, I didn't get Blaise, that like, angle. Blaz, I've done like $20,000 of business with you. Like, why are you coming at me? Like, this is weird, right? Also, like, why doesn't he have uh, a shirt on? Did you ask him that question? <laughs> I, I, that I didn't little, get little to, weasel. I, I, I didn't get to that. <laughs> yeah, but that's a follow up. Um, 
you know, one of the things that then crossed my mind is like, well, wait a second, these guys don't want any oversight in this industry, right? Like the second there's oversight in this industry, the second there's oversight in breaking, like their businesses are probably shot, done, toast, forget about it. Um, so, you know, that's like, maybe, maybe they viewed that as some sort of threat. Um, I don't know, but that, that was another weird thing that happened with that backyard breaks was just breakers coming after me that I didn't even mention or talk about. Did you talk to anybody at backyard? By, and I'll let this topic go. Cause I don't care about that much. Did you have, did anybody have, of those guys ever reach out to you? Would you talk to any no, of them directly? They didn't. And like, I, I think you can hear me on here. Like I'm pretty reasonable and thoughtful and I'm not like rushing oh, yeah. judgment. I'd, I'd love to talk to pe- people on there. Um, you know, I, I think it could be a really interesting convo and I'm not going to be, I'm not a gotcha question guy. Like I, I'd, yeah. have a, I'd have a real conversation with them. So if any, well, if any of them listen to this, I'd love to speak so to them. So just hit, just I was going to say, so I talked to, I, yeah, I did talk to Nick offline a couple of times now. Super intelligent young dudes who just, and I, I, I've said Who's this Nick. Before, I think he's a CEO or the owner or whatever. But of, of what? Just to clarify, you're talking about backyard, backyard break. Yeah, what we're okay. talking about. That's making um, sure. I, I would say, though, too, the greatest marketers of all time. Like, it's, it is phenomenal. Like, I don't have anything to do with them. I don't know them personally. I don't mess with them at all. Just in talking to them, I was like, these guys are, are super intelligent with what they do. It's funny because I feel like overnight I became the face of like anti-backyard breaks. Like guys, like I'm not even (laughs) anti-backyard breaks, right? Like, okay, do I like, do I consume their content or do business with them? them? No, like it's not for me, but I understand that it's for a certain person. And in terms of, you know, content creators in the card space and collectible space, they've built something really, really impressive uh, and a very viable, legitimate business that's making a ton of money. And I have a ton of respect for that part of it. Um, so like, I respect them. Is it like my cup of tea? It's not, but like everyone has their own thing and it's cool. And so like, that's how I've always been about backyard. And it was sort of funny to be like the face of anti-backyard overnight. It's like, that's not who I am. Well, Eric, this is actually a hit piece. Uh, Eduardo, if you want to go ahead and let on Backyard Breaks, Blez, and Layton, we've got them in the waiting room. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse's Blaise, ever. I, would, I would love if you guys actually did that. I've invited them on. They, don't, they were just like, yeah, we're good. We're, we don't have any interest, which is fine. That's kind of our thing, though, too. Anybody, Anytime we criticize or even just talk about people, I'm like, I'd rather have them on here to explain themselves. And I've also yeah. found that the gotcha idiots will never join. People like yeah. that, they take the lazy way out on a lot of times just because they can't speak off the cuff. And if you get them in an actual conversation, you learn pretty quick that they just have nothing useful to say. So I'll talk. Yeah, definitely. Well, I sort of have a question for you on that topic. Cause like when you reached out, you're like, Hey, like what, what's up? You like, would love to talk. Um, you said like, love some of your stuff, hate some of it. I'm yep. curious. Like, I'm curious. What are the, th- what, like what sort of thing, man, maybe this is something we're going to get to, yep. but I'm curious what like some of those things are. Then that was the word used. Like, I'm curious what some of those things are that you hate. Cause like, I'd love to sort of see your perspective on them and maybe shed some light on them. Yeah, so I will, I will say it actually changed on this call. The number one thing I had, and you already prefaced it and said it, so now that I've actually heard and this again, there's no tone when it comes to me reading your Twitter stuff. I just see a course. Yeah. Like I can't get tone. So I, I, the, hey, this guy sold for this, which is higher than these people. And I say hate, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But I saw some of that and I'm like, this is irritating me because I'm looking at the time, the history of the card, the condi- – I'm like, this, these are not Apple. But you said right off the bat, those are done for – to kind of point to a bigger picture, not to say, Hey, Trey Lance guys, you're stupid. You could have bought Peyton instead. Cause I mean, you know, very well. So, oh, so do I, I can't go buy that Peyton contenders. It's yeah, old two years. So yep. honestly, just you saying that I was like, Oh, it's not a gotcha thing. It's a, it actually toned down the majority. The one that set me off in the first place was a Yaz. There was a post. I don't even remember mm. when it was. It was about this player and it might've might like Marcelo Meyer or someone. That's probably what it was. Has yeah. outsold these other Red Sox legends combined. And I was like, I knew right off the bat too. I was like, first of all, Yaz has like five PSA tens. That card alone is selling for way more. 
But then I kind of, I hear the perspective now and I'm like, oh, it's not to say one is great. It's just like, it's more of an interesting fact, a talking point. I hate you mm-hmm. less than I did. Well, that's, I think that's I'm, fair glad, to I'm say. glad you hate me less. That's that's the goal. Uh, Eric, of Eric, you got to learn. Mike is <laughs> exaggerating king. Like he no, doesn't it, mean. Honestly, anybody. No, no, I know. I know. Dude, you're allowed to hate my content. I, I hate. And I don't. Don't, Eric. Yes. I hate Jeez, some of them. No, no, I hate some of them. Eric, get your I hate red you. Socks, get your Red Sox take straight. <laughs> no, I. I'll just add to this really quickly. Like the other thing about some of those posts is like, there's somewhere I make, it's like, I'm trying to think of one I did recently. It was like a, a Chipper Chipper Jones rookie versus a super fractor of someone. And people got like all upset. I'm like, well, guys, like part of the conversation here is like, is this the right multiple? What would a Chipper Jones super be worth? Right. Sure. And like, I think like that needs to happen. And then people like, so then I'm like, okay, a couple people got mad. I'm going to make another post, right? I'm going to, I'm going to do the Jason Dominguez super against the Bryce Harper super. Yep. And then people, and the same people showed up and were like, well, you can't do this because the Dominguez <laughs> sold at the top of the market. I'm like, yeah, like, well, they, I'm like, okay. So like, what do you want me to do? Like, com- like, take the same card that sold on the same night and compare like against itself. Like it doesn't even make any sense. The whole point of a comparison, right. Is that like, I'm not going to compare two things that are just miles apart different, right. I'm not going to take like a alpha black Lotus from match gathering and comp it against a 2012 top series one Cole Hamels base card. Right. But like, I'm also not going to take two of the exact same thing and compare them. That's not even a comparison. That's just two of the same thing. Things need to be a little bit different. And like, I'm also not going to go in here. Twitter is a platform where you get like 140 characters and you have to just be really quick and to the point. If I tried to provide all the nuance around each of these comparisons, it's going to be like, you could write, you could write a five paragraph essay on that, right? You write, you write a hundred pages on the comparison between, well, hey, like here's the pops, here's, you know, the era, here's the time that it's sold. Here's, you know, this one has an autograph, but this autograph might be a nine, but it's not really great. And this one's a PSA 10, a BGS 9.5. They have different subgrades, you know, sold on this platform at this time to this person, all, all that sort of to my point of like, these comparisons are supposed to be not miles apart different, not the same. They're supposed to be like enough different that it's interesting and people talk about it. That's uh, so again, that's kind of what won me over. Even your response to the backyard stuff. Cause I, I do, I disagree. I don't think there's as much there as people think. And I saw some of the other variable math. And again, I'm, I'm not smart enough to understand it. You know what? The only take that got me mad in that whole thing was, and it wasn't even from you when people would just justify it by saying, well, math never lies. I'm like, sure, but I can change inputs and I can make different. Like that is a lazy take. And this is from a stupid person. And even I know that. (laughs) But once I kind of saw that that was your angle of, hey, I'm just presenting facts and things that could be spoken about, even with like the this or that type posts. Then I was kind of like, I I actually, and that's why I said, like, at least your content gets a reaction out of me. There is so much just redundant, just boring crap in this hobby. And there's other stuff that's just so off the wall. Like we need clicks because we're crazy negative about stuff. I kind of like that this was, hey, kind of down the middle, but it actually is a talking point. So, yeah, totally. And I, I look, Name yeah, the content, I content hate Eric me- Less. That's it. Name of the episode. Con- content needs to be a talking point, right? Like if, exactly. if you want to do in content, I've always said there's there's sort of two attributes that make a post capable of going viral. It's cool and controversial simultaneously. And not controversial in the way of like, I'm going to offend you, but controversial in the way of like, there's some sort of opinion that's inferred or literally outright spoken that has people like thinking and talking and having a conversation, right? And one of the things I just want to add on this point is like, I, I will say, I think the response to the stuff I've done is, is overwhelmingly positive. There have been like a few, and I'm not going to name out it, any names because you can if you want. I don't I am, but th- there are there are a few people with big followings who've like 
come after me. And even like on a personal level, been like, this guy's like an effing idiot, this and that. I'm like, okay, look, these are the same people that are shouting from the rooftops that they want more content creators and sports cards, making more content and better content. And then I start doing this stuff and they come after me. And what do they think that does to the kid who's sitting on his couch, you know, ripping wax right now, thinking about making a video about it, right? Like if they're coming after me, like for the stuff that I'm posting that is not controversial, a few big accounts on Twitter, one or two on Instagram, it's like maybe five people in total, but they have a following of maybe a hundred thousand amongst the five of them. It's like, what, what, what are you trying to achieve by doing this? Right? Like, you know, you're just, you're stopping the, the, progress of the industry and the progress of content in the industry by attacking me. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'm an expert in this stuff, right? Like, just like you guys are, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours at this. And I have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours on social media. And it's like, you know, not for nothing. Like I'm, I'm the person that should be making sports card content in a lot of ways, right? Like, am I the number one most knowledgeable sports card and collectibles person in the world? No. Am I the number one uh, most savvy social media person in the world? No, but you take those two things combined. And, and I don't think there's many people out there that have that are better in both areas. Right. Sure. And it's like, let me, let me do my thing and let me run, let me push this industry forward. I'm going to do it in different ways. I'm going to do it in some non-consensus ways that people at, at, you know, the outset might not think is the best thing, but I love this industry. I love this industry as much as anyone. I've given more hours to this than anyone. I have a massive percentage of my net worth in this stuff. I have a massive, massive percentage of my net worth in modern trading cards, right? Like you think I want to see this stuff fail? I think I'm trying to knock this stuff down and crush it and ruin it and get people out of the hobby. No. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I, this is just sort of my spiel to like the few people on the outside. Like, look, I know what I'm doing. I understand what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing my best to push this industry forward. There's a lot more that you're going to see in the coming weeks, months, months, years that will explain that even more and better. But um, look, just like don't the thing I'm trying to say to you is like, don't don't attack people in cards and content. Like I, I, one of the things that makes me so frustrated is like you go into a card porn comment section or a, even like Lameme. And sometimes people are just like at each other's throats. Like, guys... I'll, I'll take a P Ryan line. Like this is little pictures of men. Like we're all having fun here. Like we're collecting cardboard. Like let's have Sounds a good weird. time. Let's have some positivity. Let's not try, like, let's not crush people on social media. Like let's take everything with a grain of salt. Like, you know, I, I'm, I, th- I think there needs to be more positivity, more content. And it's like, you know, any, I go on podcasts for people with three, 500 listeners, just cause I'm like, I'm trying to push people forward and move people forward. I, I wish there was more people like that in cards and less people trying to tear each other down. And one last thing on this is like, is uh, um, you know there's there's two ways to, t- to build the tallest building, right? One way is to build the tallest building, and the other way is to tear down other people's buildings around you. And uh, I think there's too many people in cards tearing other people's buildings down. And I want to see more. I want to see more people trying to build their own buildings, right? So that's my last. That's my last thing on that front. Um, but like yeah, it. you know. I like Eric until he started talking about architect stuff, and I realized that that's not his field. So I don't now. I don't like him anymore. There you go. Well, there it is. That's that's the perfect comment. We appreciate you joining us. So Eric, the collectibles guru, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I know those are the two handles there. You have a website. Anything else? Eric Whiteback is actually just the username on all of them. So I just it's just like you can change your name. But yeah, if you want to follow me anywhere, cool. But if not, no worries either. I think we owe you a giveaway too. If that's something you still want to do, shoot me a DM back. I'm in. Okay. We'll, we'll text about details on, uh, on how, whose page and what's the copy and all that stuff. We don't need to bore the people here with that. You got it. All right, man. Well, we'll connect out online. We'll, we'll pump out a giveaway here soon. Appreciate the time. Awesome. Of course, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. See you guys later. Thank right, you, we'll see you. Peace. All right. So there you go. Back to back guests. Uh, this is a, this is a little behind the scenes. First time I've seen Jesse upset. I'm not upset. I'm not well, upset. Explain how you're feeling right now before we close the show. 
Eric was a it was a great guest. Um, Eric, <laughs> you can say it. It's okay. There was a lot of nonstop talking at the end, where it's just like I could tell like this stuff had been building up in him, and he needed to get it out. So that's where I totally understand. But it's just like. Uh, like I wanted to cut in so many times. I was just like, I, oh, okay, I can't. And it just went on a little long, but uh, that's, that's my honest feedback for Eric. Other than that, I really like his content. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I honestly think I have to take some of the blame. I do jump in quick on stuff and I like to make sure I insert my point. So I think it puts people, cause I've seen this with you. Mm-hmm. You feel like, Hey, if I don't stop talking, Mike's not going to let me get another word in. <laughs> so I do wonder if that's part of it. Some well, of it's my different fault. too on zoom, like where it's, it's it hard is. to interrupt if he's in the room. It's easy. And yeah. the interruption, cause there was a tiny bit of a delay as well with his audio or yeah. our audio, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We've, we've mentioned references, social stuff enough. I want to at least have him on here. Here's what um, I appreciate. We had two really great guests though. I think they both provided value. I would have both back, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Aram, I'm going to be honest with you, aside from famous people. I just don't want to talk down anybody we've had on in the past. No, no, I'm not talking to anybody. Okay. Like, I take Simmons out of the equation because, like, Simmons is famous. He has 8 trillion followers. I I found Aram to be as good as any guest we've had who's not famous. Yes. Oh, yeah. I would have him back in a heartbeat. And Eric, too. Eric's just super plugged into the hobby. So uh, there you go. I'm curious what people will say about the show. There was much less me and you, you know, Mm -hmm. normal vibe. But I kind of think that's cool. Once I was happy to take a step back, especially during the Bowman conversations, since he he was such a good third man in in that situation. He did stay out of the way. Yeah. Well, I was happy. So You're there welcome. you go. Uh, we're done. We have nothing else to say. Um, we'll be back next week. We're back to the Monday, Thursday. And then you'll see on our socials probably tonight. So Wednesday night, the episode will drop and we'll have some more information about the giveaway with Eric. I'll reach out to him. We'll figure that out. So there you go. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network powered by Spotify. Goodbye. <laughs>